situation very critical. I need a miracle. I keep it real and sometimes I be spiritual. I need a bag and a bag of medicinal. I just be praying I don't need that pistol. I pray a lot on a lot of the issues. Fuck all that stress and you know that it's killing. I need a bag, I just need a million. I got three kids, she might need a billion. <laughs> all right, so here we are. Uh, welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Morgan Man Sports Podcast YouTube edition here on uh, this Wednesday right here and with me today I have the folks over at ATL UK and that is Daniel and Cal from the Atlanta Falcons UK YouTube Twitter and Anchor and Spotify so guys welcome to the podcast (laughs) thank you for having us so uh Tell me, you know, what's it feel like? I'm, I'm just going to go ahead and start out with the questions. You know, you've already been followed by some of the 92.9 guys and the Atlanta <laughs> Falcons themselves. You know, what's it feel like to already, you know, being a, a growing podcast network and already getting followed by, like, big names like this? It's, it's really strange because we only really started the page to, to just have a chat with people about NFL, really. We didn't want to, like, block up everyone's timelines on our personal Twitters, so we made this one just to have a chat. And then uh, apparently there's people that actually want to hear us talk or read about what we think. So it's a, it's a nice one. It's a bit of a shock to the system. <laughs> yeah, I didn't expect any of it, but can't complain about what's happened, really. Um, no. takes up most of our days at times but <laughs> it's not, yeah. not beneficial and I think I just can't wait for the season because we started it in June I think start of June yeah, and, even, like that. and it's still like over 140 50 days to the season you're just like it's gone it has gone pretty quick since and it's only what 21 days until we start mm. our first game so it's like the excitement starting to build even more now yep. Yeah, so we are awesome. we are Todd Gurley days away from the season. <laughs> it, it is it is exciting, um, but yeah, and and also you guys got me that time when you put out like that verified account out there. <laughs> I was like, man, y'all should already been verified. Like, like what's the oh. deal? <laughs> Oh, I I only did that as a joke, and so many people bought it, and I felt really guilty afterwards. <laughs> Cal was like, "Should we take it down?" I was like, "Just leave it for a bit." <laughs> so, uh, so listeners of the uh, podcast, or I should start calling y'all the family, because my podcast and the ATL Falcons UK podcast is growing every single day, and that's all thanks to the Worst Take Network. Uh, so shout out to the Worst Take Network on this podcast right here. But we are going to go into training camp, ladies and gentlemen. And first of all, AJ Terrell, he is looking very phenomenal. <laughs> that catch was out somewhere else straight away. Was it? I think was it against Ridley? I think it was. Yeah, the one on Ridley. <laughs> but even that, since then, you just I think the training camp it's the. Every video is boosting it. It's just I'm enjoying the video so much more. Like obviously, quick. We're only that's only our second season as it is, but every video is just getting you hyped so much. Mm-hmm. Getting you hyped. Yeah, like um, whenever I first saw that video, and I was reading through the comments, somebody said, "Now who the hell threw that pass? Was it Matt Ryan?" <laughs> and I was like, "Oh my gosh, here we go!" But it could have been you know Bennard, Matt Schaub, or whatever. And I'd be like, okay, it's fine. You know, that's normal. But if it's Matt Ryan, oh no, the world's fixing to burn down. <laughs> but uh, but no, every quarterback has an interception, but that was very impressive with AJ oh, Terrell. I was just going to say credit where credit's due. I don't think it was necessarily a very poor throw or anything. I think it was just an unbelievable catch. And <laughs> that, that was only the first highlight of him that we saw really. And so many more are coming out every day now. 
And I think because of the amount of excitement that that catch brought in, they're, they're throwing so much more AJ content on there because everybody's just eating it up. <laughs> yeah, and like on that play right there, it looked like AJ Terrell was just treating himself like he was the wide receiver and Calvin Ridley was the corner. He <laughs> was. He was going for it. And he like, wanted like, to Go on, no, it's all right. <laughs> One of the good things about like that video is it's the reaction from all the play, like obviously the defensive team. It's like the the chemistry between them is somewhat you love to see. Like that's what you want to see in every video, and that's what you get. As soon as he caught it, they're all like cheering, etc. Like it's a real game, and that's that's the chemistry you want in the training straight away. Absolutely, it's the way that Alan and everyone literally he celebrated like mad, and then Alan and everyone around him was literally yeah, like, yeah. "That's it. That's exactly what you want." And it's like you just said, it's the chemistry building that you don't get to mm -hmm. see as much when when they're not all together in that environment. I think the training camp's definitely the best place to to get this sort of content out towards. Right, and uh, and also you know, speaking of AJ Terrell, you know, moving him over to. Julio Jones, arguably the number one receiver in the entire NFL, you you never hardly even see it where corners or even just anybody on defense is snatching the ball or just picking it out of his hands. But AJ Trail comes in probably what first or second reps against Julio and like no get out of my yard. Yeah, it, definitely. It, it's a proper induction of fire for him, isn't it? It literally couldn't be put in a better but worse situation if that makes sense like you, you're training against the best wide receiver in the nfl so that's amazing but it's the worst because every single day it's absolute maximum effort and you're going to mm -hmm. tire out but it's only going to help him when the season starts mm -hmm. and uh so we got we got a little bit of news right here recording this podcast because we are recording on sunday at 12 17 p.m eastern standard time in uk 517 um but marlon davison has is right now being out right now because of a knee strain, if I'm not. Yeah, yeah I just, yeah. I seen that about, it was a couple of hours ago, wasn't it, when it just came out. And, uh, and of course, today as well for Sunday, there is no pads. It's just more, more kind of like strength and conditioning as well and kind of understanding the playbook a little bit more without actually going out there and doing that. Yeah. And, and yeah. I do like that right there because it's given more of a Todd Gurley and Alex Mack time to like rest up and, just understand everything what's going on and it's just helping their chances get to become more healthier throughout the season rather than a week two Todd Gurley out for the rest or whatever like that. Yeah. Yeah. No, they're properly managing the workload by the looks of it to be fair, aren't they? Because even when everyone else has been featuring in the scrimmages and stuff, they've sat out a few days here and there. I think and think they're basically day like three days on the day off, three days on day off, regardless of what else is going on. Mm -hmm. um, but every day that they have off, they're still there and they're still taking it in, but they're just just overlooking it, really, which is mm -hmm. ideal because they're both veterans aren't they, in their own right. So right. it's not like they, they need to learn. It's more the support for the other players that need the help. Right. I think with the Davidson thing as well, at least it's like, it's because it's still 21 days till the season starts, if he's going to pick up a bit of an injury now, he's picking it up, not. Two days before the season starts, got it now. We can still got time to rest and hopefully recover yeah. properly from it. And that's one benefit. Yeah. Um. So yeah, and and also the COVID nineteen test, and you know, really at the beginning of training camp, we had six to eight players max. But really, ever since training camp has been going on, we really haven't had no COVID 
you know, tests coming back positive, and that's a huge sign right there. I, I think it shows how well the operations being run by all of the staff, not even not just the coaching staff, like all the medical team and everyone that runs the facility. Mm-hmm. But I think the fact that we're getting no positive tests and the fact that nobody opted out is a massive benefit to us this season because so many teams have suffered by losing quite a lot of key players. But I mean, just at least depth, and yeah. we've just we've just got away with it so far. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you just take the New England Patriots, for example. They had eight players just drop out for the season, yeah. and and that's really going to hurt their chances. It was more on defense than offense. I was shocked about that because the Patriots are like kind of like a number one defense. <laughs> yeah, it's a bit of an odd one, isn't it? But it, it's hard to like argue against people dropping out, isn't it? Because when it's your own family and stuff, it's yeah. like, what, you, what are you more bothered about, football or that? And I know fans, not all fans will see it that way, but right. I suppose it's got to be done. <laughs> mm-hmm. But uh, but yeah, so I'm happy that there's no positive COVID test coming back, at least for the Falcons. And across the league, you're really not hearing many people getting tested positive. So that's a huge sign right there. Yeah, it's definitely a positive, isn't it? Because obviously the season's not even started yet. And if I, I think we need Danny was speaking the other week. It's like if one team gets a breakout of ten, you know, in before one game, it's like what happens then? Mm-hmm. Do they suspend the game? Like, do you just use your depth? Then that's not fair, etc. It's like so many things. But hopefully, it's a good sign so far. Anyway, so hopefully right. it stays up like this. Mm-hmm. Um, so now getting off the COVID test. Uh, our backup quarterback situation, Matt Schaub and Danny, El- uh, not Danny Elton, because we've released him, Kurt yeah. Benark. Um, you know, who, who do you think is going to really win that? I think, I, or anyways, I'm rooting for Kurt Benark to win that backup position this year. What do y'all think? <laughs> we, well, we, Danny, we, me and Danny said, uh, it, we, we want it, we like, we want it to be him. That's why we, we wanted the preseason friendly so much so he could prove himself. In them, because I think he got injured in his first was it the first game last year? Yeah, so the whole thing. Um, friendlies, so we was like proper rooting for hopefully the season. The friendlies go ahead, so he can prove himself. But hopefully, in training, he's um, mm. he's proving himself. But I think with our, I think that for the two backups we actually have, I think that's good depth. Like if Matt Ryan gets injured or whatever, like only if it's for one game. Yeah, uh, I think that's a good depth to have in them too. I think. Mm. I think Matty Schaub's getting to the age as well where he's probably, I know he'll still want to play and get some reps, but he's probably reasonably happy with passing down the mantle. If he sees that Kurt's doing better and like performing well, I I can't see him having an issue with it. He's He's a proper professional, isn't he? So I think it is probably time for Kurt to step, to step into that role. Hopefully, I mean, hopefully we don't need him too often and Matt and Ryan's fit for the whole season, but, yeah, happen. Yeah, because we definitely don't want a, uh, what was it, week seven of last year whenever Matt Ryan went down and then week eight, Matt Schaub had to step in, which he did a phenomenal job of keeping the Falcons yeah. in the game. But yeah. I still honestly think, you know, Matt Ryan, if if healthy, we would have won that Seattle game, definitely have more of a kind of like a boost going into New Orleans for that second half yeah, of the yeah. season. Uh, so now we're going to talk a little bit about over and unders. Now we are, I'm going to make up kind of like the over and under situation. And I'm going to let you guys pick over or under on touchdowns or yards or whatever. So yeah. for Julio Jones, Matt, um, I was going to say Matt Ryan touchdown, right? But um, Julio Jones, 
he really hasn't had much of a season that has double-digit touchdowns minus his 2012 season, and that was only 10 touchdowns. So for this season in 2020 and Dirk Cotter being second year back in Atlanta, do you think Matt or Julio Jones will have a double-digit season or more? And I'm going to start off with the number of, let's just say eight touchdowns over or under on that. I'm going to go with over. I'm going to go with over and I'm going to just go for double digits of 10 or 11 because he's not going to get the same coverage that he's had for the last few years because I think the amount of firepower we have up front this season is a hell of a lot deeper than what we have had in the past. Um, so teams are just not going to be able to prepare and cover him the way that they have been doing because Ridley's such a threat now. You'll have Hayden Hurst, which is regardless of how we think he's going to play yet. We know he's athletic, so he's a man that you've got to watch. And then, of course, Todd Gurley. So I mm. think uh, Jones will have more time and more opportunities than he's had in the last few years, at least. Mm. Yeah, uh, like definitely with all the weapons of hers, Ridley and Gurley, you can, if, if I'm the Falcons, I can definitely sneak in Julio somewhere down in the red zone or even yeah. the end zone. And nobody's going to expect it. But yet he's still going to be two, three men covered. And then here's Ridley over here. And then they're going to switch it. And then Julio's going to get that touchdown on the next play or whatever. Yeah. I like that option right there because you're only limited to 11 people and you can't cover one person five man deep or whatever. No. <laughs> so um, they give it a good go last season to be fair to pretty much every team that we played against. But uh, no, I, th I think definitely 10, mm -hmm. 10 or 11. Okay. Uh, so now Hayden hers, he is the tight end that I am looking forward to watching this year. Um, now there was a magazine I read about a few months back, you know, it was talking about fantasy and stuff. And for his fantasy projection, he was only going to be four touchdowns for the season. I kind of like, eh, at that, I'm thinking he's going to go at least seven touchdowns this season over or under on that. I'd, I would say under, but I'd, I'd say six. I think he'll get six touchdowns, which I think would be, I think I'll take six touchdowns off from him. Mm -hmm. uh, if he gets a decent yardage as well. I don't think we can complain. Um, what did Hooper get last year? Uh, I can. I'm trying, to, I'm trying to think. I, I, I want to say he got. I want to say he got about seven. That sounds about right. Yeah, but I think if I think if he gets six, I think with I think Andy gets six hundred yards plus. I don't think that's a bad season. Bad no. first season as well. But I think with Todd Gurley as well, it's obviously another weapon in it. So you don't mind, yeah. you don't mind the touchdowns spreading around at all. But no. I think if he gets six touchdowns, I don't think that's a bad season, bad first yeah. season anyway. No, not at all. It's such a hard call that one as well, though, because we've not really seen him play a heavy amount of minutes. Like you don't have a lot of a lot of information to judge it off. But I'd be the same as Cal. I'd say six. It's about six, and I'd be I'd be more than satisfied. Yeah. Especially considering we've got him on a contract, so we keep him next season as well. Um, Austin Hooper last season was six touchdowns. So, honestly, even if Hayden Hurst does meet this or even more, Falcons, you better sign him to a long-term deal already. <laughs> I, I was just going to say, because mine and Cal's first prop, well, first season supporting the Falcons really was last season, and, and Hooper was pretty much one of our favourite players, if not our favourite, just as in, like, just as in pure 
shocked mm-hmm. us like you don't know what to expect so if Hurst can get anywhere near those performances and the touchdowns then it's a massive plus and mm-hmm. I, obviously we've not seen much of him but I believe he's a much better blocker than Hooper is as well whereas Hooper's more for you right. you're getting yards so yeah because Hayden Hurst he he looks more of like the athlete tight end than Austin Hooper because Austin Hooper I love the guy I really yeah. do but it seems like whenever Austin Hooper catches the ball, he's automatically just going to the ground. Yeah. Yeah. And, and and I feel like with Hayden Hurst, he's going to put up a fight before he goes on the ground. And that's what I like about Hurst rather than Hooper. Well, point to prove as well, don't you? I think that's the main thing. Um, Obviously what happened in uh, Baltimore, he wasn't, didn't start much, et cetera. But with what Matt Ryan said a couple of months ago, I think was it, I think they met up throughout the, uh, isolation and all that uh, yeah. said mm-hmm. his, his reaction straight away was like he is a lot more athletic straight away which is obviously something I think we need and obviously with Todd Gurley it, with our running game which should be a lot hopefully mm-hmm. um, <laughs> point this year um, I think he'll help out with blocking a lot more as well so hopefully right. but, uh, with the touchdowns I think anything around six touchdowns I don't think we can argue against that in his first year Right. Hurst is built like an absolute tank as well. Hooper's a big guy and everything, but Hurst is built like a tank, so he's mm-hmm. not going to get dragged to the ground very easily compared to like what we've seen in the past. And I don't know if you've managed to see the, <coughs> the training videos so far. But oh, they get that catch. The one-handed catches. <laughs> oh, like yeah. Speciality. There's so many just like little clips of him just going Joink, out of the air, so mm-hmm. I'm very excited for that. If that's yeah. like a little piece that he's got to show all the time. Oh my god, could I could just see it now, like in the in the end zone, like Matt Ryan throwing to Hayden Hurst, and then he does like an Odell Beckham, like that one handed. <laughs> like it'll it, be over with. <laughs> it was so casual though. He literally one hand catches it, brings it into his body, and then basically skips down the line because he knows it was amazing. He's literally like hopping off celebrating, <laughs> and I'm I'm, re- I'm ready for it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so a person that we mentioned was Todd Gurley coming from the LA Rams. Now last season he did have double digit touchdowns, if I'm not mistaken. I think it was twelve or thirteen. It might be a little bit more. Yeah, twelve and then two receiving. I think. Yeah. Yeah. So so total actually fourteen then. <laughs> um. So with the Falcons in this system, it's it's sort of close to like the uh, Sean McVay system a little bit. Uh, just a little bit far apart in some aspects. But I'm saying Todd Gurley is probably going to at least hit right at max 10 touchdowns. What do y'all think? Ooh, I I mean, my head probably says that's about right, but my heart's saying like 16. (laughs) (laughs) I can't do anything about it. So, no, I'm going over. I'm going over. Maybe not 16, but I think even if he gets – if he's rotated and he gets about 12 starts just because of his knee and they'll manage him a little bit better, I'd say. Mm-hmm. I'd say pretty much a, I'd take a touchdown a game or a touchdown a start anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd say, I think if he hits 10, 12 touchdowns like he did last year, I think, what did we, me and Danny worked out, did we get eight touchdowns with eight. all our running backs last year? So if he gets yeah. 12 on his own and you know um, the others are going to pitch in as well, I think... I think it's a win-win situation. I think the I think the whole signing is a win-win situation, really. Oh yeah. But, uh, he has to perform. I know if he does so so well, we're gonna have to 
sign him longer. But I'm I'm sure they've already thought about that anyway. They're not going to sign someone and think it's a one-year thing. We'll make room if we want to sign him on a bigger contract. But for five million a year, and I think he's get he's I think he's guaranteed at least ten touchdowns with what he's like in the the, the red zone. Is is unbelievable. So if oh, we yeah. use the other running backs further down the field to get them, get us down there, and obviously the ones um, throwing at him, etc., put him in the red zone and he's hitting ten touchdowns without fail. I think. Right. Uh, so, so Todd Gurley is looking to have a phenomenal season, but when we first did sign him, it kind of did concern me a little bit because you know we just got rid of an injured running back pretty much in Devonte Freeman, and and I was saying to myself, why are we signing a somewhat already injured running back when we just released another one? And uh, But then, you know, more videos started coming out. He trained with that knee. You know, he yeah. was, like, leg pressing uh, probably, like, 500 pounds or whatever that was. Yeah. And, uh, and he looks phenomenal. And for the training camp videos that we've seen in Todd Gurley, it's kind of, like, lifting my spirits a little bit, saying, okay, maybe he ain't injured. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think as well there's sometimes there's just opportunities that are too good to say no to I think when a player of his quality like look back, looking back even if you like don't count last season look back at 2017 and 18 and mm-hmm. when a player like that comes on the market and you know the contract's only between like four and six million or something how can you say no that you can't lose that that, that money's nothing compared to some of the contracts that other players are on so mm-hmm. worst case scenario he gets like 10 touchdowns and then ever like Cal said everyone else chips in that's still in it that's an improvement on last year and it's oh, cost yeah. us practically nothing yeah and he's got a better quarterback too in Matt Ryan than Jared Goff so yeah. that, that yeah. increases the chances like at least 50 percent more yeah <laughs> um, no, no. so speaking of Matt Ryan now oh boy I'm a Matt Ryan supporter from well really since day one of me supporting the Falcons and that was our Super Bowl year <laughs> Um, I'm I'm gonna say the the max amount of yards that Matt Ryan's gonna get is the five thousand mark this year. What do y'all think? Do you think for yardage over and under, and for touchdowns? Me personally, I think he's gonna reach fifty again, like he did in sixteen. Uh, for for the for the yards for the yards, I'll, I'll I can I'd say, say five thousand. Yeah. <laughs> what was it? Four and a half last year? Did he get? Uh, I think it was four and a half, maybe. I want to say. And that was with missing one game as well. So, and what yeah. missing one and a bit games, I think. Yeah. But I think anything around that again, but uh, touchdowns. Touchdown, I'd, st- I'd still say under because I think the maximum last year was only forty. I want to say. Mm. So, so Matt uh, Ryan's uh, yard was uh, four thousand four hundred and forty. Uh, four thousand four hundred sixty-six. So yeah, I'll definitely go with 5K then, because technically last season was an off season. If if you improve in those first eight matches, well, seven of the eight matches, that is a huge difference, mm-hmm. without a doubt. Um, Lamar Jackson got 37, and he was in number one. I got. I'll go for. I'm gonna go for 35. I'm gonna go for 35 touchdowns. I mean. Did you say 50? Because that'd be. Yeah, I said 50 because, I mean, you look at the weapons, Calvin really almost came close to another double digit season. Yeah. We're going to have Julio, hopefully, a double digit season, and Hayden Hurst getting close to that. So that right there, 
already 27 touchdowns, let's just say that. And yeah. then you got the rotations coming in in the fourth quarter. And yeah. that that could just be even more out there. So I might I, be I, I over it. It'd be heavy. It'd be heavy wins every game. But, yeah. but I know what you mean. We, we are going to be a very offense-heavy team this season, in my opinion. So I don't think, yeah, if you are pushing even, say, you're 40, you've You've got to be. You'd be winning ten games if you're pushing. You'd be. It'd be hard not to win ten games if you're even pushing forty. So I'd accept like what Danny said, thirty-five. But obviously, you looked at Winston last year and he got thirty-six. But obviously, like thirty-three interceptions. That's probably what we don't need. <laughs> Look where the book finished. So I think anything around thirty-five to forty with. But like what you said, you, with the weapons we have, it it's gone up a notch this year. Yeah. Uh, it's even with using Todd Gurley as like. Obviously, he's a running back, but a few the catches that he's made in uh, the preseason are unbelievable. So you could easily use him, surprise him, and use him as a quick wide receiver, and they, they wouldn't have a clue about it. Yeah, so think, you never I know. <laughs> I think we're overlooking people like Gage as well. To be fair, yeah. though, because he's an absolute unit. So I think there's more than enough. You're probably you're probably right in your logic that there's more than enough people to chip in like three and four touchdowns each, and then have our main men all pushing towards double digits to get like a, a heavy, a heavy scoring for Matt. MVP uh, season? Uh, yes, <laughs> actually. Uh, I I don't think maybe league MVP, but I think if we make it Super Bowl MVP. <laughs> I'll, take, I'll, take that, I'll take that one. I'll take that of the normal MVP. Because <laughs> because really right now the the league is dominated by mobile quarterbacks and Lamar Jackson, Russell Wilson, yeah. and um, Kyler Murray, but I think if the Falcons do make it to the Super Bowl and it's probably going to be up against I'm going to say Kansas City again this year. If if we happen to win that and Matt Ryan does have a game, I think he will win the Super Bowl MVP, but not league MVP. <laughs> Oh, it, I mean, it's such a lovely thought, but it's so, so far away yet. <laughs> so, so far away. But, yeah, so so save this video. <laughs> yeah. Take note of it. most of ours as well, what we've said. But, but, yeah, so, I mean, I don't – I sound like I am over-exaggerating, but, you know, I just try to look at certain different aspects of, you know, yeah. what could happen and what couldn't happen. Um, but speaking of Matt Ryan and touchdowns, how many Russian touchdowns? <laughs> I reckon I'm gonna go. What did it? I think he was it two off. Was it two last year? So I'm gonna go with two. I, I'm gonna go for three this year. I'm gonna go for three. He, he got his wheels out at some point because I remember I, running I remember thinking I could days. catch him from my sofa and catch him up still. But <laughs> <laughs> but no, yeah. Go on. What what's your over and under number? And then I'll. Uh... Uh, I'm gonna say really about three, like Cal said. I'd take three. I'd take three, just because of the style of play. I know other quarterbacks should expect miles more than that, but but for for how he plays and how we play in the the people that he's got in front of him, I don't think he needs to risk himself running that much and putting himself in the firing line for bigger hits. So right, I think to avoid that after the. 50 oh, he, only got, he only got one last year. Oh, did he? <laughs> Oh, wow. I thought he had you more, but yeah, I'll go, I'll go for three. First game. <laughs> okay. And and the only reason I said that right there is because I just seen the tweet uh, from Kelsey because, you know, she's, of course, the Falcons reporter, and Fal- and Matt Ryan did say himself he would love to get a little bit more mobile this season. 
Yeah, I've just re- I just read that same thing saying that he's been practicing on his running a little bit more, but I don't know. I don't know whether that means like his speed or his technique or I don't know. But yeah. any touchdown that he scores, if he ran it, I'll be a hell of a lot more excited than him throwing one because that, mm-hmm. that, that's just what you want to see from him. <laughs> yeah. uh, so really the last player that we I want to discuss with the over and under is, of course, Calvin Ridley. You know, last season, you know, he did get injured like what, probably three, four games before the season ended. Yeah. And he was at eight touchdowns, if I'm not mistaken. And he was so close to that double-digit season, he could smell it. But this season, if healthy, and and with his, definitely with his route running that we've seen, oh, my goodness, I'm going to say probably 12 touchdowns for the kid. <laughs> I, I'll go with – I won't go over or under. I'll actually agree with 12, and I'm going, but I'm going over 1,000 yards mm-hmm. comfortably as well because he was on eight and a half last – Yep. Yeah, with and then obviously he missed his game, so he would have pretty much comfortably right. taken a thousand yards then. Yeah, I think I'm more the same. I think 12 touchdowns is very doable. Um, over a thousand yards is easy, he'll, he'll piss out this year. 12, <laughs> I've seen 1100, 1200 yards. Um, because I think obviously they know what Julio's like, but I think it's just if he's fit for every game, he's hitting 1100, 1200 yards. Right. I think the only thing that's going to change this season for Ridley is I think I think people not not that they've not taken him seriously as such, but I think he'll he'll be looked at as a a proper player a little bit more, and I think he'll start to receive a little bit more coverage than he has done over the last two seasons because your rookie season nobody knows what to expect. Right. Last year people were still focusing on um, on Jones on the other yeah. side. He was like number two, weren't he? Yeah, exactly. And then, yeah, of course, Sanu started as the number two, really. Um, but this is like this is his year now. So I think he's he's got a lot more work resting on in this season. Yeah, because this right here is his third season. And really, you know, he, he has to prove himself because really that fourth season is your contract year yeah. coming off your rookie deal. So if you make a huge impact this year, this offseason, the Falcons could go ahead and just opt out of that rookie contract and just go ahead and sign him long term. Yes, yeah, exactly. And I, I don't see a scenario where that doesn't happen. To be fair, he seems like the heir, the heir to the throne for Julio. <laughs> really, he just he's got the he's he's probably one of the best route runners in in the NFL already. Like when I know there's a bias because we support the Falcons, but when you watch him. <laughs> The speed that he turns at, and literally, like my my ankles snap just watching him do it. Just sat on my chair, so I don't I don't know how people can cope with it defending against him. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, I saw that video. I was like, oh my god! And then Lamar Jackson's like, took that boy for a ride. And I'm like, <laughs> oh my goodness, this is going to be the best season we have. So um, I know I said you know that was the last person, but I want to throw one person right here, and he's on defense. And that's Tack McKinley because we, we did not pick up his fifth-year option. And, and he's saying, you know, he's humbled and, you know, he's willing to work and everything. But with Dante Fowler Jr. and Grady Jarrett right there beside him, how many sacks do you think he'll get on the quarterback? I'm going to say – I'm going to be very optimistic here and say seven sacks on the quarterback this season. Wow, see, you've just said optimistic and go with seven, and I was going to say nine. So. Oh. <laughs> so I'm going over. I'm going over for that one. I don't know why. I just think that's all such a unit. I, 
I think after last season when we came 31st or 30th for sacks mm-hmm. until later on in the season when we got up a little bit this season I just think we're going to slam them every single time I'd be very shocked if we weren't like doubling our figure from last year mm-hmm. yeah I would say uh, yeah around eight I think I'd be I think it'd be good I also think it's a win-win situation again because we've not already signed him for his fifth year he's got to prove a point he's got to prove a massive point um, mm-hmm. but I think yeah I think eight if we get eight sacks from him and then you've obviously got Fowler, even Davidson coming in. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Jarrett, I think if he pushes eight, I think he might get... I think it's in his hands, isn't it, really? It's like he's got to prove himself to get the deal. And even if, if even if he has a really good season, he don't want to sign with us. He's had a really good season here. We've benefited from it anyway. So, yeah, yeah. I think yeah, exactly. pushing eight, I think I'd, that'd be all right. But so you got to do, obviously, like the tackles for the loss as well, I think, if he's mm-hmm. up there as well, I think. Um, mm-hmm. Hopefully, you should have a good season. Right. Um, and, and with Vic Beasley here last year, yes, I was pushing with everybody else, like, get rid of this man, pitchfork his house, whatever. <laughs> um, but that second half of the season, something just turned around on the defense, and he just started getting sacks left and right. And he was close to a double-digit season last year. And I was willing to keep Vic Beasley under uh, Raheem Morris's defense. But, of course, you know, we did get rid of him. But if if Vic Beasley would have actually done his job the first half of the season like he did the second half, would still be sitting here talking about how great Vic Beasley is. But but his work ethic, I think, is what kills him the most, and that's why we got rid of him. Absolutely, and I think that's the case for him now, isn't it? He's had the opportunities from teams, and then he's not showed at training camps, and he's not showed up where he should be, and he's been fined already this off season. So mm-hmm. it, there's something just not sitting right with him at the moment, and I don't know whether that's a temporary thing or whether that's just who he is now, and, he, and he's come to the stage in his career where he thinks, I don't need to do all this training, I don't need to put the work yeah. in because I'm good enough. But that's not really the case. If you're not consistent every single season, then then you can't rate yourself as one of the top players in the, the NFL. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, because his 2016 season was a very remarkable season of 16 and a half. Digressed a little bit, I think, to eight for that following season. And then 18 and 19, I mean, he just wasn't there. He maybe recorded like one or two sacks the whole seasons. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I was willing to keep him after that second half of the season. But, of course, you know, I'm not the one in the front office <laughs> for the Falcons. Um but it's still, at the end of the day, I think this was a great move that we did get rid of Vic Beasley because we could have ended up what he's doing right now again for yeah. this season. Exactly. And then we'd still be a man down and, and no one to fill that hole when we've already struggling for, like, veteran depth all over the place anyway. So we, mm-hmm. I think we're in a much better position now than we would have been. And and, and still, you know, keeping up with Vic uh, or Tack McKinley, I think that's what kind of – is going to motivate Tech a little bit more because Vic Beasley, he wasn't that vocal point of that defensive line, and Tech needs that. And that's where Dante Fowler Jr. comes in because I watched that mic'd up session, session on the uh, Falcons YouTube channel. And Fowler, I mean, he's just talking to everybody. He's talking X's and O's with McKinley. And I think that's what McKinley needs to get a very great season under the belt. Yeah. Well, that's what we needed, didn't we? Um, we need that vocal uh, thing, and I don't think 
he was last year. I don't think Vic Beasley was the vocal guy. And I think always, it's like with, we mentioned like Marlon Davidson, he, even though he's obviously a rookie first year, but he's he looks vocal, he's speaking, he's that's what we need. We need a vocal. I think our defence needs to be bigger, meaner, uh, got to be, even like when they make comments on the field and that, you don't mind that because you want showing aggression, showing that you're, you're there, you're getting stuck in, I think. And looking at the pictures of Tack this year, it looks bloody hell. He looks um, <laughs> he looks a uh, grade up from last year anyway. So hopefully um, he can take that onto this year. He said himself that he's he's the fittest and the and the best built that he's ever been, and you can see it. And I'm hoping that that his physicality will help his performances as well. Because obviously, is he dropped twenty pat twenty five pounds? Did he say he's uh, dropped? I think. Yeah, it was like like. Drop the weight, but put muscle on, which means yeah. he's got a hell of a lot of fat to be able to build up because muscle right. weighs more than fat. So he must he must be like absolutely like a machine at the moment in time. So I think he's another one, like Cal just said, win-win. Mm-hmm. If, if it doesn't work out, he goes, no major loss. Like we've not lost any money for it. And, and if it goes well, then here's another contract, lad, stay on. Yep. Um, yeah, definitely. You know, I think Dan Quinn is rooting for him and – if this season does go out well planned and Tack McKinley does get more than what we just said of seven to nine, Dan Quinn, you know, I hope he's just like, you know, Tack McKinley, I'm going to personally hand you the contract <laughs> sign handed because I'm rooting for you. Uh, and, and, that, and that's what I love about actually switching over with Dan Quinn. You know, since the players fought for him this season, he, he seems like he's more – I wouldn't say like aggressive towards the players, but he is more staying on their back saying, come on, let's go talk with your Alexa voice. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> and, I, I, and I like that about that with Dan Quinn this season. We, we are, me and Danny still have the same opinion with Dan Quinn. We, even though it was our first season last year, we even fought like halfway through a one to seven. was just like, how, how has he stayed in a job to be fair? And I know you had the Super Bowl season and the season after he still did well. But um, we, he's such a man management. He's such a good coach with the players close to the co- um, players, etc. And the cel- that the celebrations on the touchline. I think he's getting he gets so stuck into the game. I think that's he's like the perfect guy we want. Um, mm-hmm. I just hope this year it, it just pays off for him. Mm-hmm. I, I think that might be a reason why he's changing personality or not personality, but his persona a little bit, just because he knows that this is a make-or-break season. If he doesn't get along a deep playoff run this season, he knows he's gone and that's it. And to be fair, even with a deep playoff run, how many times can you give someone an opportunity to rebuild no matter how much you like them? I mean, I'd love to keep him as long as we keep making progress. But would you another Super Bowl at some point? I would say the way I believe Dan Quinn can save his job for this season, you've got to make it to at least divisional or NFC championship. I mean, yeah. the Super Bowl is definitely going to solidify that contract. But even if you just make it to divisional or NFC championship, I think yeah. he's going to be here for the long haul. I'd hope, I'd hope that that's the case. And obviously, only if we do have a season and we don't fluke our way there and we genuinely look like we've improved and all the players are playing as a unit, then mm. then I'm more than happy to keep him. Like like we said, we love the guy. So we need, we need him to watch. Like, I want to watch him rebuild. I feel like he's had three years now of just like plowing along, but this is the best roster that he's had, I, oh, really? in my opinion, since the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. 
So, uh, so now we are out of the over and unders. I know we took a very long time on that, but hey, it was fun. I like that. Uh, definitely come out with a huge shocker of me wanting Matt Ryan fifty yard or fifty touchdowns. <laughs> um, but now we're just going to go with uh, the predictions for the season. Um, now we're not going to do like game by game, but we're just going to kind of like do like uh, I would say kind of like key games that's going to make or break the season. So, of course. Week one, Seattle in the bins. I like our home field advantage despite with no fans here. And, and of course, Seattle always struggles on the East Coast team, Green Bay, Falcons, whatever the case may be. I think, honestly, with us right here, we can come out the gate swinging and start getting the defense off the field the very first snap of the game. What do y'all think? Uh, yeah, I'm for I'm for a win first game of the season. Um, I think it'll be a very close one, just because of the quality they, that they have. But I, I think we should be so pumped and ready, and we're coming back off the back of a very very good second half of the season, finishing six and two. So uh, hopefully we just drag that through with us, and 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 it'll be a close win, but any win's solid at that stage of the season. Yeah, I think it's a good uh, first game to have. Obviously, they're, I think they'll be a very good team again this year. Uh, I think they'll be pushing the 49ers for their own division. But I think it's a great great, great one to have. I think they've made a few good signings, etc. But I think with the home like, home field advantage, I know there's no crowd there. But I'd obviously rather have them at home than obviously away at this uh, the first game. But I think I had it down for a win as well. And I think, like Danny said, it'll be a very close game. But I think if we get that... If we beat them in the first game, I think obviously you're not going to get too excited because it's only the first game. But straight away, it's a big, it's a big. It's like say if you you played say Washington straight away or whatever, you'd be you'll be saying you've got to win that anyway. But the Seahawks is like because they are they could be pushing mm-hmm. to the championship game etc. This year, I think if we win that, it's a big statement in the first yeah. game. I think. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it will turn heads, no doubtly. Uh, saying like, okay, well, this is not the Falcons that we've seen the very first half of the season last year. Uh, so I do like that. Uh, the second game that I think is a pivotal point of what's going to make our make or break our season is the Monday night football game against the Packers in Lambeau. Um, with that, that one, fourth, fourth game, I think it is. Fourth game, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Fourth week four, yeah, yeah. I agree with that one. Because with that that game right there, I mean, Aaron Rodgers, is is he going to show up being the Aaron Rodgers that we all known and love is, you know, deep ball passes? Or is he going to be that one that is saying, hey, I'm a little salty because y'all signed Jordan Love and <laughs> I'm going to purposely just lose this game, you know? I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but still, it's in Lambeau. It's a cold environment and it's in October. Uh, yeah, October 5th, and it could be snowing by then, so who knows? <laughs> and if we actually get a win in Lambeau and with cold conditions and everything, that might just solidify, you know, the Falcons saying, hey, we are a team this year, and we're going to make a deep run. Yeah, yeah. I think that – I think – do we – we don't have a very good record against their division, do we, in the last – I know we haven't played them for so many years, but I think someone mentioned when the fixtures came out, Obviously, we knew we was playing them, but I think we don't have the best record against that division. So I think it would be a massive statement, especially Monday Night Football. What's you ain't got a bigger stage to show yourself on. So 
I and think, actually, like you said, it is a massive fourth game. Mm. Um, and I think if, if even if we went into that, like two two wins and one loss by then, mm. and we make that three wins and one loss, I think that statement is like, oh shit, like people yeah. looking straight at us after that game. Yeah. And uh, and our uh, undefeated record will be up for grabs on this one because the Falcons are five and zero oh on Monday night. Football. <laughs> So this is like the Undertaker versus Brock Lesnar. Who's going to win this one? <laughs> uh, we, we we do need to be going into that bye week with two losses maximum because that mm-hmm. second half of the season, especially the last like four matches, is absolutely unbelievably difficult. So if we're not on a heavy win ratio by then, we'll find it very hard to keep pushing into the playoffs unless we pulled some unbelievable results. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we got two more games right here. And the third one, I think, is what's really going to help determine our season is our very first AFC opponent, and that's the Denver Broncos. So everybody knows the Atlanta Falcons struggle against AFC teams. Like, it's unreal, not unless you're the Jacksonville Jaguars. But going up against the Broncos, who are a very hot team, if we could get a win right there and kind of like really – go into the AFC division and really cause some havoc? Would that worry the Kansas City Chiefs later on down the road? Or are we going to fall to our very first AFC opponent for the season? I think we – I actually went for a loss for that game. But my record coming up to that game isn't that bad. I think we have – I have us on – I already have us on six wins before that. So, I don't think it would be – I think it depends on the record before that as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know you say that is obviously it's against yeah, an AFC team. We we should we need to be picking up a couple of wins against the three we play. Uh, but I think it will be a close game. But like you said, I think it's just before the bye week as well, so it could set the stall for the second part of the season as well for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, no, I agree with that. Um, I've got it as a win, but like Cal said, it, it's the games before that, that matter in terms of if that is a massive game or not. I know what you mean about it. it's another statement and it'll make the other teams that we play later on panic a little bit if we do walk away with it. But I, I just I just want to get into that bye week on a heavy positive and, and then mm-hmm. anything else. Like I don't care which way the results fall, really. Right. Okay. Um, and, and actually, I have us winning against the Broncos, but at least by a field goal from Young Way Koo. Nice. <laughs> Very specific <laughs> as well. <laughs> um, so, and so our the last game, and I'm going to say, you know, this could go either way, either at the Benz or in Tampa. But I think the game that's really going to matter is against the Buccaneers. I'm going to lean more towards if we can win at Tampa – against Tom Brady, I think then, you know, I mean, of course, it's the last game of the season, but I think if we could get a win right there, definitely, you know, we have something going right here. Uh, what do you think, either the game that matters at the Benz or in Tampa? I mean, it, it did, I think it all depends on the record, doesn't it? Um, I, I think both are probably equally important as important just on the basis that by that point in the season, I, in my opinion, I think us and the books are going to be awfully close. Mm-hmm. I think I think we'll literally be a win or two apart, and those games are going to be crucial to the season. I don't know whether it'll come down to the very last game, 
but definitely the one at the bends that to me is like key because is that three before the end yeah you've got um, that one yeah. and the chiefs and the books again. yeah so so for me that one's probably crucial because say we're on say we're on like two wins more than them or something by that point but then mm. it, if you lose that your head's going but if you win it you you'd like secure and you're done so mm. but but i know what you mean if if we're in a playoff spot by time that last game comes in and we win at their stadium, you're walking into the playoffs more confident than pretty much any other team that's out there. And you've got that little bit of revenge on Brady as well. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, (laughs) it it would be so fascinating. Like we actually finished the entire game 28 to three and Falcons win. That would be just (laughs) such a huge slap in Brady's face. (laughs) You've got some very specific predictions. I'll be putting some bets on some of these because they'd be very good returns. (laughs) But uh, which which I made a per a season prediction video and podcast like I think where the night the schedule got released, but it, I've done almost forgot all of them <laughs> right now, so I, so I do apologize for that. But but yeah, so I mean overall, I really have the Falcons having a win in season at least eleven and five. I I've gone ten and six, but that ballpark will get us into the playoffs. So. Yeah, I've seen a comment, because there is an extra playoff team this year anyway. Someone mentioned, uh, we put, I think Danny put a tweet earlier saying, oh, what's people's predictions? And some Patriots guy put eight for eight. And he was just like, oh, no team will reach the playoffs if they if they only finish if they don't finish on double digits. But I don't I don't believe that. I think there'll be one team that'll finish on a nine and seven, and I think they'll still they'll one team, might be a few teams that finish on it, but there'll be one team that will get that extra playoffs spot on a nine name nine game winning but i've like what danny said i've got us both on a 10-6 mm-hmm. yeah but that's is. like the, i think the games will be there's some games that'll be so close and i think the major three is obviously the last three like we could all be on nine wins by then and you're thinking you literally need one win out of the last three games but you've got the chiefs and then you got the books twice so i think by that week you've got to be you, we have to be on nine wins. Yeah. yeah. Does any argument against that one? Oh, yeah. I, I couldn't agree even more right there. But, yes, I mean, the entire season right here is going to be a spectacular one. But everybody keeps pointing out that if the Falcons do have a win in season and even do reach the Super Bowl this year, it's not going to count because of the COVID. I found that hard to believe right there. <laughs> I don't know. Not buying into that. That's just people not wanting to buy into our hype because of who we are. Not having it. <laughs> because like Adam Schefter on ESPN, he's saying like the underdog teams like the the Lions, the the Browns and everything. I know he didn't mention the Falcons, but I knew he probably wanted to say the Falcons as well. But teams like that, he's pretty much saying the kind of like the bad teams, which we're not a bad team. I mean, we are, no. we're very consistent, but could – honestly make a huge impact this season but what might not even count but for me we're all on a level playing field so how does it count any less than than any yeah. other season and I, I, I mean, I, yeah i agree with that so i think it's like i know you have like uh, certain stadiums that have a good like home crowd etc so that's sort of more of an advantage to them but now it's literally everyone's the same so i don't get I can argue against it. Literally, everyone's the same. It's empty stadiums. By this is only for the first month, I think. Like they did yeah. say, further in the season there'd be more fans. But 
if you get into the Super Bowl, you, you can't fluke your way to a Super Bowl. No. Like, it's no. even, I even like the Patriots, and they've won like six out of nine. And the division has been slightly easier, but they've still beat the top teams in the, after, in the playoffs, etc., to get there. Yeah. You can't just fluke your, yourself to a whole Super yeah. Bowl. I don't even think you can really fluke a single match in this sport at all. I just, I, I just don't think it's a thing. I don't think you get lucky wins, really. You, no. you pretty much have to fight for every single point. It's not like other sports where you get away with stuff. So Right. Yeah, we're not the Houston Astros. We're not cheating our way there. <laughs> um, but no, I'm just kidding. Um, and I do find that funny uh, because a lot of teams, like, well, the NFL has pretty much said you could pump fake crowd noise in and Matt Ryan was asked about that he said yeah you know I'd rather not talk about that you know I did find that a little funny but you know Falcons of course has always been known for pumping fake crowd noise in but this year it's actually okay (laughs) (laughs) I'm all for it I'm all for it It makes the it makes the game easier to watch to be fair they're doing it with soccer well football to us but soccer over here at the moment in time and the games that you do watch that don't have it, it's so hard to watch a completely silent mm. stadium. So it's easily done. I'm all for it. Yeah. So, so I think honestly, it's going to be a great season right here for the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, we're, we're, I think we're going to have a winning season and make the playoffs, but uh, the family listeners watching this uh, podcast, YouTube edition right here, go down in the comment section below and put, your predictions and your over-unders of what you think. But uh, but Falcons UK, I, that's all I got for today. And unless y'all want to add in uh, another topic to the uh, podcast, or what do you got? I've got, one, I've got one question. This is only because it came up on Twitter about about them not signing another kicker. Or they said that, uh, like, me and Danny mentioned this in one of ours, and we was like, I think it's they should always have another one for back, backup anyway. And you need pressure on to Cuckoo's did great last year, but mm-hmm. don't want a player getting too relaxed in his environment. Like, oh, that's my position. I was like, no, you need you need the pressure on him to perform yeah. better, I think. I think that's just a... Yeah. Um, it, I think. Yeah, like, because uh, we don't want to fall into the situation like we did with uh, DeVecchio last season. You know, yeah. because DeVecchio, he was awesome that last half of the 18 season. But then 2019 season, all all eyes were on him, and then he's missing field goals left and right. I don't want that again for this year being in Young Way Koo's, you know, assistance right there. Yeah. Uh, I, I think we honestly need more competition. But now if you feel comfortable with him, that's great. But still sign a backup kicker and let Young Way Koo be kind of like that onside, onside kick and recover the ball, like, immediately. <laughs> Yeah, over and over. But for for me, you sign a veteran kicker. You sign someone that's not going to need a heavy contract, that's not too bothered or concerned about the playing time. They just want to still be involved, so they still get an odd opportunity. And and that way, Kuh will improve as well, because if you've got somebody that's been in the league for 10 years, showing him what to do, because obviously he's still technically reasonably new to the NFL. So I, I think it'd be mental not to sign someone, especially if we're not going to use the cap space that we've got left over then I don't see the point of not getting one. Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, I agree right there. So, but yeah, so, and and honestly, I mean, the whole, what we talked about, training camp and everything, this is all just practice right now. Like we talked about hyping AJ Trail up. 
he could be the most phenomenal talent in training camp and then, you know, be a total bust in the actual season. It could work all these over or yeah. all these ways. Our over-unders could be totally out of whack. <laughs> you know, Matt Ryan could throw for 100 touchdowns and <laughs> 20,000 yards. Who knows? Or one yard and zero touchdowns. But um, we're, we're just having fun right here. But, yes, uh, this is our predictions right here. And we're just bringing the, the best news that we could possibly can to you guys right here. But, oh, yeah. but guys, uh, Atlanta Falcons UK, uh, Daniel and uh, Cal – uh, let us know where we could find you at on um, any streaming platform or social media. Uh, so we are on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, we've got a podcast, we're on YouTube, and our um, at on all of them is ATL Falcons UK. Nice and easy to find. Um, we're more, we're on Twitter more than anywhere else, really, to be honest with you. But we pretty much do weekly podcasts and weekly YouTube shows are, are coming with along with this one, really. So yeah give us a follow and let us know what you think uh cow you got any words that you want to say before we head out of here today man not much really but um i'm absolutely buzzing for the season and <laughs> i think i just can't wait to to i'm not waiting for it to start to be fair and i think mm-hmm. um, i hope everyone obviously stays safe with everything what's everything what's going on in the world at the moment but um, i think it's great to have football back in the next three weeks and i think it'll bring people back together and Hopefully, a winning season. 100% okay. a winning season. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, 2019. Uh, oh, oh, wow. I just looked this up on my calendar. Uh, the day this podcast released, which is what everybody's listening to right now, we are 18 days, which is Calvin Ridley days, away from the season. <laughs> Take it. So, 1,000 yards and 10 touchdowns. Yep. So, yeah. So everybody listen, we are Calvin Ridley days away from the season. I just realized this whenever I was looking at uh, my calendar right here. <laughs> so, but yeah. So, uh, but guys, that is the Falcons UK right there. Make sure to go follow them on all the social media platforms and streaming services that you currently listen to your podcast from. They are very great. Uh, their round table discussion that they had, a couple weeks or close to a month ago definitely was a great episode right there for the Falcons UK. I enjoyed every bit of that. Right there. <laughs> Thank you very much. But, um, but yeah, so follow them on Twitter, get these guys verified right here because <laughs> we need it. <laughs> yeah, they, they definitely need it guys. Uh, we, all also, deserve it. we all deserve it. Keep working on it. <laughs> but, uh, but also make sure to go check out my podcast as well right here on soundglad.com, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or wherever you're getting your podcast from. I'm still working on Anchor Podcasts, um, not Anchor Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, because that right now is my toughest podcast to get into. I yeah. don't know, understand why, but Anchor is definitely working their butts off right now to get me on there as well. <laughs> so, but yes, follow them, follow me, and um, hope you enjoy the show. And then till then, Falcons UK and the Morgan Man Sports Podcast. We'll catch you all later. Peace. See you later. All right. I, I definitely like that right there now. That was a lot of fun. <laughs> all right. So let's see. Stop recording. Situation very critical. I need a miracle. I keep it real. Sometimes I'll be spiritual. I need a bag and a bag of medicinal. I just be praying. I don't need that pistol. I pray a lot on a lot of the issues. Fuck all that stress and you know that it's killing. I need a bag. I just need a million. I got three kids. She might need a billion.